Then dead. Glad to see that the Mega stopped sending their craptastic nobots and spiders out searching for this little bit of the Matrix. Also, thanks to all the hackers for throwing up all the smoke to hide this, the hidden grid. Sit back and relax as we bring you up to date on the sixth world for the next 47 minutes. For those of you that live in the shadows and deep, deep in the cracks out in the barrens, there has been two big things that came up. One is good, one is not so good. The good one first, because everybody loves good news. There has been two new books released for Shadowrun, both of them at Gen Con. One is The Runner's Companion, and the other one was Unwired. They're awesome. I'm doing reviews for both of them right now. The review for Runner's Companion is actually in this episode a little bit later on. Unwired will be in the next episode, and I'm hoping to get that out as quickly as possible so that this is all timely. Now, in addition to that, we had a little bit of bad news. The quick start rules for Shadowrun totally fell out. I don't even know where it placed. Folks, we need to get out there whenever these things come up and we need to vote. You need to tell people, hey, you know, go out and vote for it. Check it out first. See what you like. Especially with that one, it was free. Anyone could download it. I downloaded it and took a look at it because even though I own the games, I wanted to see what they were giving away. And it's free. I mean, print it out, give it to somebody that you know that might even be interested in gaming. That's how we're going to get people in, folks. And we need bodies. The gaming industry is changing rapidly, and it's going away from pen and paper games and going towards board games, going towards video games. I want to see my favorite games, things like Shadowrun, living on. People keep playing them. There's a reason why Shadowrun is getting ready to gear up for 20 years of running the shadows. Folks, this is, this is the year for Shadowrun. We need to make it awesome. We need to make it the best. So, with that being said, we are going to take a short break, play a promo, and after that, we're going to get right into the main topic. Hoi, chummers. This is Orc Lord from the Cannon Puncture Show. Keep listening to Zen Dead on Hidden Grid. I don't want to have to close a contract or anything. So, Ka? Movies have played a huge role in visualization for RPGs in general, for me, but for science fiction in particular. That's mainly because there aren't too many good fantasy movies out there. So, the list we're going to go over is just what I could come up with from looking at my movie shelf. Now, what we're going to talk about is a very, very brief overview of how you could use each one of these movies for different aspects of things in the sixth world. So, we're going to start off with a movie that a lot of people are going to be like, what are you talking about? That's not a Shadowrun movie. And the movie is Mystery Men. Believe me, it is a Shadowrun movie. Look at Champion City from the beginning. All of the street signs are in multiple languages. People are speaking in multiple languages on the streets. There are these huge panning shots of a city that feels very much like you would expect something like maybe Renton or Tacoma to be. These are just a few things 
So inspiration can come from anything, and usually it comes from the most unlikely places. So what we're going to do is we're going to say that's number one on the list. Now, each one of these movies is going to have, so that you know, a link in the show notes to their IMDb listing. Go check it out. If you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. If you have seen the movie, check it out again. This time, watch it with a sixth world perspective. So, let's start with number two, Eon Flux. The one with Charlize Theron. You could also use the original animated versions. Either one works. It's a great idea for how to run corporate enclaves. In a city completely encased in a world that doesn't want it there. Sounds like a corporate enclave to me, folks. Next, number three, is the anime Appleseed. You can watch the Americanized version, the new one that just came out recently. I haven't actually seen Deus Machina yet, but I will. And then I'll tell you whether or not that one's a good one to use. But, Appleseed is great. Watch it. It is excellent for giving you a perspective of a dystopic society. Most people have whatever they need. The people that don't are these warriors fighting. You don't get much more dystopic than that. There's a few other movies that do it, but not many. Now, Conspiracy Theory is the fourth one in the list. And this, this is how you should live your life on the streets, folks. Be paranoid. Be concerned. Always be on the watch. I mean, hell, when he feels that his sanctum has been given up, he blows the damn thing up (laughs) just to get away. Watch it for things like that. It's great. Now comes the next one. Number five. Hackers. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. It's a great way to show young hackers beating things that they should never be able to beat because they don't know what they're doing. Another reason that you should watch it, it's a great way to not name hackers because those names unless you're trying to throw an easter egg in there for somebody in your group that's a big hacker fan I usually use it mostly for the fashion that's in it I find that fashion is one of the things that's so completely not paid attention to in Shadowrun and I think that it should because fashion is a very big controlling factor in our present society It's going to play just as big a role in the future. Next movie, number six, I Am Legend with Will Smith. The shots of the city are amazing. This is how I imagine the barons of any major city. They are a wasteland. And there's ghouly type monsters there. You can't go wrong. I always imagine that this is what the Shattered Graves must have been like once the ghouls moved in and nobody had been there for a very long time. This is what I saw, and it was amazing to see it put on the screen. Next is number seven, a movie that most people are going to be like, man, he waited this long to talk about it? 
Johnny Mnemonic. This is a typical, very, very stereotypical even, Shadowrun movie. It has sprawls, fake IDs, continent jumping. I mean, it's based on cyberpunk. You can't go wrong. The only thing that you could have asked for that would be better is two big improvements. Number one, no Henry Rollins. And number two, no Keanu Reeves. But that being said, watch it anyway. It's interesting. And the only reason that I even like Keanu Reeves in it is when he's talking, when they're out in the Barrens, and he almost gets a car dropped on him. Watch it for that. It's hilarious. Next, the movie Payback, number eight. This is a movie of how to pay somebody back when they've taken everything that you thought they could take. This is how you take it back from them and make them wish that they had never messed with you. This is great for Shadowrunners that have been double-crossed. It's brutal. Probably one of the most brutal movies I think I've seen in a very long time. Just from the perspective of how they go about doing it. Now, number nine. Resident Evil. As far as movies that have one, two, and three parts, I'll tell you which ones I think are good, which ones I think fit Shadowrun, and which ones really don't. So, with Resident Evil, I really think one and two, about the end of where you can go with them. Three is too big. There's too many dead areas outside the world. It doesn't really fit with the way Shadowrun has depicted the rest of the world. So, Resident Evil 1 and 2. With these, the first one in particular, this is a Shadowrun team that has gone in and invading their objective, in this case, which is the Hive. Now, they're trying to get something out of there. Once they get out, then, you know, it's got... Just It's chock full of great Shadowrun stuff. Rogue AIs. An underground corporate enclave where they keep all of their scientists. I mean, great stuff there, folks. And Resident Evil 2 is almost as good for that. Except it's set in this you know, small little town. So this is another example of how to incorporate horror more into Shadowrun than it already is. Next on the movie list is number 10, Run Lola Run. It's a German movie. Watch it for, but what they wear. What they wear is great. This is a club kid. Lola and her boyfriend. They are great for what you would imagine your average street punk in Shadowrun to wear. Check it out. Maybe just even find stills for it, but you never know. You might actually enjoy the movie. Now, the Bourne series. This is a movie series all about making plans and contingent plans on those plans. This is what happens when you have brainwashed black ops characters 
that are getting away. It's a great example of how a company man gets away from the company. So, for those people that want to play that type of a game, this is really the way to do it. So, take a look at them. Number 12 is the score. This movie is pretty much how to do a shadow run. It's very simple, very clean, and you get a feeling for a different type of area of the world because it's not set in the U.S. A lot of these movies that are set in the U.S., just the U.S. audience really gets a feel for this is how America is, but you know we don't really understand how a lot of other countries look. So a lot of these other movies are great for that. Next, number 13, Strange Days. Now, this is how just a couple of days can be completely crazy in Shadowrun. Also, the squid that they wear, that they can watch things with, this is the beginning of SimSense, folks. Baseline SimSense. It's phenomenal. Watch it. For those reasons alone, watch the whole movie. It's awesome. Next is Ultraviolet, number 14. This is how a corporation would work and how they could use the human, metahuman, vampiric virus in Shadowrun. It kind of fits with how they've already described you know, vampires and stuff like that in Shadowrun. This is how you would use it. Or how a company that was trying to harness that power would use it. So, take a look at it. It's not the best movie in the world, but watch it with that, those eyes. You might actually take a lot of really neat ideas out of it. Next, we're going to jump a few ahead because I don't really like most of the ones that I listed there. But I'll give you the, li the names anyway. Unleashed which is a Jet Li movie. The best part about this, it really shows you how violent close combat can really be, even in Shadowrun. Next is Underworld, for obvious reasons. It's really more of a World of Darkness type movie, but it has vampires, and the fashion could be useful. And then the last one in that list of things that I don't want to really go into too much detail is iRobot. Again, you could use it for fashion. And I'm going to keep going back to that because I don't pe think people really understand just how important fashion is to the world. It is what drives a very large portion of the world. Be very concerned with how fashion works in the game. Next is going to be the Ocean's Eleven series. Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. They're Shadowruns. Just like, you know, with some of these other movies, like the score. Watch them. They show you how each person has a spot within the team, and that is what they can do. That's what they're really good at. That's what they need to be doing. Now, the next on the list. It's, a, it's kind of a kid's movie. It's called Catch That Kid. This movie is how the next generation of Shadowrunners are going to start out. Now, it seems a little hokey. Watch it. 
think about it. These kids plan more than anything else I've ever seen. And each one has a thing that they're really good at. It's great. Next on the list is Smoking Aces, number 20. Smoking Aces is how to have way too many Shadowrun teams trying to take out the same person. And the mayhem that can involve, that can then explode from this. Not evolve, but... So, yeah, watch it for that alone. Next on the list is going to be Sneakers at 21. Sneakers is how to break into places. That's their premise. They break in, they tell people how they broke in, where they need to improve their security, and then things get kind of strange. Take a look at it. I found that movie to be a great Shadowrun movie, even though a lot of people don't. Okay, next on the list, number 22, is Constantine. This is a great way to use magic and the supernatural in your Shadowrun game. I was completely floored with how cool the magic seemed to work in this. Now, it's not perfect. It doesn't line up exactly, but you can use the feel for it. Next, number 23. Big Trouble in Little China. You have a lot of ideas for how to use Chinese mythology and legend in a Shadowrun game. Because I think China and Japanese mythology would play a very large role in Shadowrun and how, it, how you could use it. For your Shadowrun game. Especially if you do a lot of globe hopping. So keep that in mind. Next on the list is number 24. The Descent. Now this movie was kind of creepy. You're not going to use it in the normal traditional fashion. This movie is a great, great look at paranormals. And the things that might actually live... In the darkness. That's what I use it for. Next is number 25. The Alias series. This is... The CIA at its best. But there's also a little bit of... Almost like... Leonardo da Vinci... Code... Thing mixed in with it. Except before the da Vinci Code came out. The ideas are very, very cool. I really like it. And I think it could be really used creatively to make it work. Next is Hellboy. Think about it. Hellboy is an orc. He just has a big stone hand. But look at how he has to get through doors. Look at the way his clothing fits on somebody that's just massive. The size of his guns... These are all things that you can use for your Shadowrun game to give people an idea of just how big an orc really is. So, next on the list, number 27, the Mothman Prophecies. The Mothman Prophecies would be great for 
using urban myth and things of that nature to create paranormals for your game. I really use it for things of that nature. I'm a big cryptozoological nut. I love to look at them and use them as paranormals for my Shadowrun game. I think they're great. Now, do I believe in them? You'll just have to find that out later. Next on the list, number 28, Helsing. It's an anime. It's got a kick-ass vampire. Watch the Helsing Ultimate, though. The first one is okay. The newer one is a thousand times better. Number 29, Enemy of the State. This is how the wire, so a corporate entity could use the wireless in Shadowrun to go after a single person. Now, is it realistic for that? Only if they could have complete and total access to all venues that they would normally have. They talk about this in the Runner's Companion and why it works and how it would work and everything else. This is a great movie to explain it in a visual sense. Then you have, for number 30, The Order, with a pretty interesting group of uh, monks. You could use them as a magical tradition, even, for the Catholic Church and how they would, how they would work for that. It's kind of an interesting approach to magic, even, and how you would use it. So, keep that in mind. Now, I'm going to go into a couple of other movies, and then we're almost done here. And I know, this is really kind of boring, but I've wanted to get some of these movie lists out there because you have a lot of people that don't have any idea what movies to even think about. So, next is going to be Soldier. Soldier is a great example of the second line of soldier in the movie being gene teched out and bioware out the wazoo to compete against a normal person. This is a great example of how gene tech and bioware would lay waste to a normal person. Even someone as disciplined as these soldiers are in the movie. Next is number 32, Soylent Green. Soylent Green is people, we all know. And if you didn't, you do now. So, Soylent Green is a great example of a dystopic society and how they would control people. Use it for what it is. Show people how just something as simple as hurting people to another location to live out their lives leads to them dying. Next, The Matrix. Don't bother with the second two. You know, The Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. Don't watch those. They're not really that important. Watch the first one use their clothes, and this is what you could totally use for how VR could work for your Shadowrun game. 
if you have someone that's kind of leaning in that type of a bend. Also, you could use it for anything else, physical adapts. I mean, when they're in the matrix, you could use that for that. Next on the list, number 34, is Logan's Run. This is another example, uh, very similar to Soylent Green in that regard of, you know, dystopic society. You know, you only get to live to 30. After that, they kill you. They don't turn you into food. They just kill you. So, it's kind of a... Similar to Soylent Green and a few other movies, but... It's an interesting movie. It's an older movie. Uh, there's talk that they're going to be redoing it, and I'd be interested to see that one. Next is going to be Escape from New York. Not a great movie, folks. Not even a good movie. But they do have time-release drugs that they inject into this guy in the very beginning. Tracking systems... You can use it for Shadowrun. Uh, you could even use when he goes into the into Manhattan as a maximum security prison for years before anybody had really done anything with Shadowrun for New York. I actually had Manhattan as a maximum security prison for most of the UCAFs. Then when I realized that that was a huge corporate enclave, I had to reassess the situation. So I've done some other things with my own personal New York. Maybe I'll go into those at a later point. Now, in addition to that, there are so many other movies out there that you could use. Take a look. Watch some of these movies. But keep an eye out for how you could use it for your Shadowrun game. Because believe it or not, folks, there is a lot of tricky ways to sneak things in and show people in your game, hey, this is how I see this particular aspect of the game world. Now, there's a lot of movies here. If you don't watch them all, fine. Watch a few of them you might actually take something out of it. And, you know, I'm really interested to see what everybody else has to say about this. So if you can think of any other Shadowrun movies or things that you've seen that you would use for Shadowrun, come over to the forums, and I'm going to have a thread going for Shadowrun movies. Check it out, and totally come and talk with a, talk with us on the forums about it because I'm really interested in Shadowrun movies because my movie collection is huge. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a very short break. You won't really notice any difference. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back with my short topic today, which is going to be NPCs. Now for my ranty topic. Today... We're going to talk about NPCs. I'm going to try to keep this one relatively short. I think NPCs are very, very important. But not everybody does. I think NPCs need to feel alive. 
and as if they were actually a part of the game world. If they don't feel like that, then they're not really an NPC. They're more like a cardboard cutout. So, if you're running a game, spend a week just paying attention to the people that are around you. Not necessarily the people in your gaming group. Pay attention to the regular people that you may interact with at any point during the day. Then at the end, take some notes, jot down personality quirks, say somebody has like an eye twitch, write it down. Use that. Use it for an NPC. Nobody is going to know where you're pulling all of these little tidbits that make an NPC feel like they're alive. Also, if a player is going to try to find an NPC, sometimes make him work for it. Make him wander around and look and look and look to try to find that NPC because you never know. These people have lives too. Have it so that they're doing something to further their own wants and desires. What I'll do is I'll put together a uh, and what I consider to be a very useful NPC stat block. Now, in that stat block, you don't actually have any stats. I don't use them. NPCs are just there for, for the most part, really just there to further the story and the plot. So, you need to have sometimes listing things like their wants and desires and what they would like as far as goals, short-term, long-term. You don't have to go real crazy on this. Spend just a little bit of time on each NPC. Every single contact that the players have, spend even more time. These are people that the players want to interact with, and they're telling you, I want to interact with this type of person. Spend a lot more time working on those kinds of characters. Make those NPCs really feel alive. Give them a personality, not just one or two quirks. Really work out their personality and make it feel like they are a living, breathing character, just like anyone else that's in that game. When you do, will come back to those characters more than you ever thought they would. And I've seen it happen, and I've done it myself. Those NPCs sometimes even have the players tell you a little bit about that NPC. What I'll do is I'll put together, like I said, I'll put together the stat block that I use most of the time as a PDF that you can download. And when I do that, then you'll be able to go ahead and download those things and start working on your own NPCs. Because like I said, folks, I'm keeping this one short. We're at just about four minutes. So next, we're going to take a short break. And I'm going to try to find another promo to put in here. And then we're going to get on to the review of the Runner's Companion. This Modern Death, a podcast about traditional games, indie games, and segways. Is that a segue, Randy? 
you, you know, it's not a segue if you point out that we segued from one topic into the next. In fact, that is not a segue at all. But, but on the paper, it, it, that's it, the it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's, it doesn't matter what's on the paper at all. Everybody's mean to me. Find us on the web at www.thismoderndeath.com. Review of Runner's Companion So I got my hands on a copy of the Runner's Companion at Gen Con. Looking at it gave me a warm and fuzzy feeling in my belly. Zelznik is back on a cover for a Shadowrun book. The hardcovers that Catalyst has produced have been the most impressive in years. Now, as usual, we're going to dive right into this, and I'm going to go chapter by chapter and give you guys a real in-depth look at what I saw and what I liked and what I didn't like. So, here we go. As usual, the table of contents is a great, great asset in this book. It's a page and a half. The book is almost 200 pages. So a page and a half gives you a lot of area for that table of contents. Now the one thing that I was a little upset about, well, not even upset, I was more disappointed. They didn't have an index. Really could have used one in this book. Next on the list, the fiction. Now, the beginning of every chapter has a short little one-page blurb in fiction. I think that they did a great job capturing the feel for what they wanted with every single little blurb. I think they did great, and I think it was a useful, useful thing. They really do help to kind of set the, the tone for each chapter. The chapter starting out is great. It really helps new players and old ones understand the roles of a team of Shadowrunners. It also included such things as, you know, the usual suspects for roles, but it also included a few no, new ways to approach each one of these roles. Also, there were some other roles that they added, but they didn't really go into too much depth. As, at least not nearly as much as some of the the other roles got for the you know the usual roles, but they did include them, which was nice. Also in this chapter was what they had as a character quiz. Now the book recommends that you know maybe GMs give out some karma for doing the quiz. Now I did something like this before, but I like some of the questions in this one a little better. Definitely feels more Shadowrun than it used to when I was doing those. So, uh, I would suggest using it and maybe even giving out some of the karma. It's in a, a sidebar, so it's not necessarily a hard, fast rule. More of a, you can do this if you want to. Next on the hit parade is survival tips. This covers things like how to stay off the grid and how to exploit the system. How best to travel and smuggle. Now, the best part of all is that this thing was written like you're reading uh, a file that it has been posted up on the, the wireless. When they were done, though, at the end of the chapter was all of the game information. So you weren't waiting to get to the end of the book or flipping back and forth. 
to find out why or how something worked. The next chapter was alternate creation for characters. Now, this is relatively a short chapter, but it was chock full of crunchy goodness. It included two different systems for character generation. Priorities, hooray, and a karma system. Now, the priority system included tweaks for it to include the information from this particular book, as well as wireless and augmentation and all of the, all of the books that are out right now. It included tweaks for all of that. Now, the karma system is really intricate and a lot longer to do even than the build point system, which is why you want to be really careful before you uh, decide to start doing it this way. But one of the really nice things is, is because you're basically taking a baseline character and then improving them with karma, not build points. So introducing a new character is simple as saying something like, use 500 karma points and the player can go work on making a new character. Or, you know, you have 1,000 karma points. Well, you know, every character has a baseline to start with. And then you build from there. And as karma goes on, you can just say, you know, rather than build a 400 point build point character and then build with 300 karma points or whatever. If it's just use karma, build your character, then you're done. Which... I think I might end up using. I like the idea. Now, the next chapter was alternate character concepts. This is a chapter that I had a really hard time using in my games personally. I feel it's well written and balanced. It's just a personal thing. In here is all of the meta variants, which I don't really have too many problems with. Changelings, which I love those guys. Drakes, I've got issues with this. They're starting to get a little bit outside of that, like, I guess, comfort zone for me. Then you have the infected. They are, that's starting to head out for me. I don't generally like to include them as playable races. Non-metahuman sapients. Now this just broke me, folks. I have issues with playing what used to be in the paranormal animals of Europe and North America books. I don't think you should be able to play them as a playable character race. They're too off the wall. Next is the synthetic intelligence. This is a tough card to play, folks. I remember when AIs were always a no-go in Shadowrun for a very long time. They were just a plot device, if you even used them then. Now you can play them? I don't know. That seems to be what my problem is. Then they also included free spirits, which they weren't bad. Uh, like I said, everything was well balanced. Just not what I would normally use in my games. That's personally, though. For other people, they might love using non-meta variants. Yeah, it includes things like Nagas and other things like that. I just feel that those are paranormals and should be kept that way. Again, personal opinion. Next is the qualities. This chapter was really simple. It's a whole bunch of 
what, almost 150 new qualities. That includes everything from positive and negative qualities. Then, at the end of this chapter, there were three pages with every quality from this book, the SR4 core book, the street magic, augmentation, and unwired, all in one place. That was a godsend. They need to make that three pages a free PDF that you can download so that you can build characters much easier because it's in one place. Or maybe even put together like a mini disc or something for, you know, release with the book that includes all of these compiled lists that would be super useful. You know, maybe one of our listeners wants to go through the hassle of putting all of those together into one big compiled list that everyone can use. I would say we might want to check with uh, the people over at Catalyst, but I'm sure I can talk to somebody over there and see if they care if we put something like that together for the site. And then we'd be able to use it there. Now, next was the Advanced Contacts chapter. This chapter was so useful. I almost feel like this entire chapter should be a free download because it makes contacts, which are so important to Shadowrun, a true force. It included such things as groups as contacts, and it gave samples of them, which is something that you don't see a lot of. I really think that there needs to be more samples of the, the types of contacts and things like that. They also had virtual contacts with samples. Again, can never go wrong there. Then included in that was how legwork really works in the system. Also included was enemies. How to build them so that characters actually get, you know, so that the players actually get something out of them and for them. So having an enemy actually means something. Also included were uh, several new sample contacts that you would find just like the ones in the SR4 book and the Contacts and Adventures booklet. Totally useful. I can never see having enough contact things like that. Now, coming up here next is going to be the Advanced Lifestyles. This chapter, I'm going to be honest with you folks, it is bookkeeping like I've never seen before. If your group loves bookkeeping, use it. Personally, it seems like a bit much. I like the ideas in it, though. I would like to see it in play, though, to make sure that my, you know, before I actually make my final decision on yes or no. But I know my players, and most of my players hate bookkeeping, so it probably won't ever get used in my games which is a shame at times. Now, finally, in the very last chapter, was a chapter called Life on the Run. It was a short write-up on several different character types and how things can be tied together. It really reminded me almost of the first original Shadowrun book, which was like trade paperback size, 
like 10 short stories with the final short story tying everything together. I really thought it was phenomenal. Now, this was probably my favorite part of the book. Because it opens a lot of doors for people and it gives people a lot of good ideas. The last absolute thing in the book, the last four pages, it included how to do the build point system for everything that has been released. The Shadowrun main book, augmentation, includes qualities, how things work, everything. All of it, all together, concise, four pages. It was beautiful. My advice, if you do build point characters, you need this book for this four pages alone. Or, as a free download, Catalyst. Now, now the rating. I'm going to just say it. This thing gets five out of five bullets. The guys really hit a mark. This really sets the bar for the rest of them. I mean, this book was useful for both players and game masters. My advice would be to run out right now and buy this book. It is so useful and so wonderful that if you don't use it in your games, there is something seriously, seriously wrong. So, go out, buy the book. Okay, folks, we have so many ways for you to contact us. You can go to our website, which is www.hiddengrid.com. You can email us at hiddengrid at gmail.com. You can leave comments on the blog on our website. You can Skype user Zendead if I'm on. You can follow us on Twitter at Hidden Grid. You can follow our MySpace under Zendead. And you can follow our live journal under Hidden Grid. Also, we have a voicemail line. I'm not sure if it's up and running anymore. But I'm going to go ahead and throw that number out, and then if it changes, I'll post an addendum in the show notes. And the voicemail line is 206-666-4881. Now, remember folks, remember folks. There are several, several proverbs, but the only one that really matters is shoot straight, conserve ammo, and never, ever deal with a dragon. <laughs>